all month long, we've been looking at this uh, whole mission of the church, mission of our lives, uh, living life on mission. We live to love people to life. That's our uh, uh, that's our our mission, our purpose around here. We've looked primarily uh, at at how we live that out in our personal lives. Uh, today, I, I want us to to see how we make that happen together as a church. Uh, there there are certain things at the at the core of who we are as a church that that not only have determined what our mission is, but also help us to live out that mission. And, and so uh, when, we, when we think about the core of something, we're talking about the center, right? Uh, it, it, the, the core provides stability, uh, like when you're encouraged to strengthen your core. Now, if we could all get down and do some crunches, we'll uh, work out what that means to... No, I mean, maybe you've replaced your desk chair with one of those big bouncy balls. That was a craze for like a hot second, right? And then everybody went back to uh, uh, reclining chairs. But uh, those, those muscles around your middle, we call that your core, right? And, and uh, you, uh, you, it's not just athletes that benefit from, from strong core muscles. I mean, everyday tasks. We, we use our, our core all the time, and the stronger our core muscles are, are, the, 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 the better it is, uh, I don't know whether you're mopping the floor or reaching something on a high shelf or, or whatever, uh, uh, the tossing the ball with the kids in the backyard, whatever, it, it, a strong core gives stability. Uh, the, the core also provides, in many instances, uh, power and energy. I don't, I don't know how it works, but they say that a nuclear reactor core is the key component in nuclear fusion. It's, it's where the reactions take place and the heat and the power are generated. They're in the core. Or I, I think of uh, a core, you think of sports, right? And, and uh, the, the balls that are used for different sports have, have different things in the middle that, that, uh, that, that help them to, uh, uh, to work, that give them the, the, the energy, uh, so to speak. I, I don't know, we found out with Tom Brady a few years ago uh, with uh, Deflate Gate that it matters how much air is in the core of a football, right? Uh, uh, they, they say that they have been making some small changes to the core of Major League Baseballs over the last few years, and it's increased the number of home runs. Now, the core is important to produce power and energy. The core of something uh, also determines what is reproduced. Uh, so I'm thinking here about fruit, right? You think about an apple. Uh, the core is that is that uh, denser part in the middle with the uh, with the seeds there, right? And, uh, and and the seeds contain everything necessary to create more apple trees and more apples and more seeds uh, it, to reproduce. Uh, and so, in a very real sense, the the core determines and protects what is reproduced. So, so when it comes to organizations, or when it comes to people, when it comes to groups of people, it, it matters what's at the core of who we are uh, and what we're doing. What are we made of? What do we value? Uh, those things are what give us stability. Our, our core values give us stability and, and strength and energy, and they determine what we reproduce, right? And, and, and so what we hold at the core of our lives is essential to staying on track in our personal faith and also, also as a church, as the, as the body of Christ. And so a few years ago, our, our church leaders spent a lot of time uh, and, and thought and prayer drilling down on all this mission stuff and, and who we are as a church, and, and we came up with that, uh, that, that phrase, we live to love people to life, and, and we're, we, we uh, uh, also, as part of that discussion, we determined our core values, and we identified four. Now, there's probably more, but uh, um, the, these are the four core values. Uh, an intimate life with God, 
uh, investment in relationships, involvement in ministry, and indulging in laughter. And so today I want us to walk, walk real quick through through those four. And real quick, I mean that in the pa- pastor's terminology, because uh, real quick means something different to us as as preachers than it does to to you. No, I'm just, so first off, in, uh, we, we value helping you develop an intimate life with God. It's at the core. It's essential to, to who we are and what we do. It's not about religious rituals and activities. The emphasis is on a relationship with God, an intimate life with God. Uh, Dr. Dennis Kinlaw, in his acclaimed daily devotional book, This Day with the Master, if you're looking for one, maybe you haven't found one yet for this year, uh, I'd highly recommend This Day with the Master by Dennis Kinlaw. But, but he tells, uh, in one of the readings from, uh, from just a few days ago, he, he tells uh, the difference between the, the third person and the first person in Scripture. Now, I, I don't want to get into a big uh, language arts uh, lesson today, but the third person, you're talking about uh, someone or something, and the first person you're actually telling the story from from your it's it's uh, uh, they them or or uh, I me. Uh, he, Dr. Kinlaw says that theology books are all written in the third person. They're written about God, right? Uh, God is someone to be studied. He goes he goes on to say here's here's a quote. Uh, Unfortunately, most of Christianity is a massive effort to keep God in the third person. But there is no salvation until he is in the first person and we deal with him face to face. God identifies himself to Moses as, I am who I am. God wanted Moses to tell the people of Israel that I am had sent him. He wanted to be in the first person, not just the leader, uh, but to ev- not just to the leader, but to every man, woman, and child of the Israelite people. But then he says, regrettably, the scribes who translated the Old Testament into the Greek Septuagint, so the Old Testament's written in Hebrew, uh, when they translated into Greek, they changed I am who I am to now in Greek read, I am the one who is, shifting it from the Hebraic first person to the Greek third person. God has always been pursuing a relationship with humanity. He, he doesn't just want to be uh, this, this thing or this person out there somewhere to be studied or, or to be seen, but he wants you to know him, not to just know about him. He wants us to pursue an intimate life with him. It's like what the Apostle Paul described in Philippians chapter 3. We'll start in verse 7. He says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I I think you can sense there the deep desire that Paul had to know Jesus more and more. This wasn't a a third person learn about something or someone, but this was a I want to know Christ. In order to develop and live out an intimate life with God, It starts with our desire for him, just like we read there that that Paul had. We've got to want to know him. And then that desire leads to us investing uh, time and effort in knowing him. That's that's how we get to know someone, right? It's not always easy or convenient, but because you want to, you make the effort. And as you spend time together and as you find common interests and you share experiences, you grow closer 
and you invest your time and your effort into the relationship and it grows and it deepens. And, and so in our relationship with God, that no doubt involves uh, personal spiritual habits and, and, and daily prayer and, and reading scripture. And, and I mean, you'll ask yourself those questions. We've talked the last couple of weeks about these cards that we have there and the, the, the questions to live by. And, and we'll do that. We'll, we'll spend time meeting with God and, and trusting him and following after him and uh, at, at, since, since one of the fundamental things that we want you to do as a church is to experience an intimate life with God, then one of the main practices of the church is to provide weekly time to meet together, specifically for worship, like what you're doing right here, right? Uh, this time right here is a vital way that we can meet with God face-to-face, not just learning about him, but meeting with him face-to-face. I think if, uh, if you know our son, Nick, you know that in addition to being a great friendly guy, he also tends to repeat some of the same things over and over again. Uh, we, we have some of the uh, same conversations uh, multiple times a day. Uh, for years now, Nick has been repeating something, though, that, that I hope he never stops. Um, out of the blue, probably, well, I'd say 10 to 20, maybe more uh, times a day, Nick will just come in the room or be sitting there or whatever, and he'll say, I love you, Dad. I mean, that's awesome, right? I mean, that's great. I, d- I don't get tired of responding back with, I love you too, Nick. And 15 minutes later, or two minutes later, uh, we might, I might hear again, Dad. Yeah, Nick, what is it, buddy? I love you, Dad. I love you too, Nick. And so it goes many times a day. And my father's heart will never get tired of that. And I wonder, I wonder if Sundays, the times that we gather for worship, I wonder if, if that's what, what Sundays should be like. I wonder if when we come in here, it's not really about the songs that we sing or the sermon that we hear or the lesson that we study or the scripture that we read. I wonder if maybe all those things are just ways for us to say, God, I love you. And for us to hear him say, I love you too. It's one of the things that we value at the core of who we are, helping you develop an intimate life with God. It's essential. At our core, we also value investing in relationships. Now, technology is great. Uh, It it seemed like uh, something that could only happen in cartoons when George Jetson had a video chat from his living room. But now we hit a couple of buttons on our phone or our iPad and we can see and talk to people halfway around the world. All the way around, I guess all the way around the world would be right here next to you, right? So halfway around the world. Uh, That technology uh, obviously helps us in church. I mean, literally you could have stayed home today and watched the service online and some of you did. Hello, yes, hello, we see you. Well, you see us, we don't see you, we see you camera. But uh, anytime though, you could, you could pull up a, a much better preacher or professional worship music from, from a whole host of places, and, and you could have a significant spiritual experience wherever you are. The technology enables us to do that. And I guess that's enough if one of our values was simply about consuming spiritual content right? If we, we value everyone consuming spiritual, if that was our, if that was one of our core values, but, but church has to be about more than just consuming personal uh, spiritual content. We need to connect with each other, right? We, we need relationships. We, we need community. At the core of who we are, we need to invest in 
relationships. Philippians 2, uh, verses 1 and 2, this is in the message. Uh, It says, if you've gotten anything at all, out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Truth be told, uh, people in most churches would probably describe themselves as friendly. Uh, and, and, I mean, and they probably are. But... I think I'm right to say that God did not create the church to just be friendly. He created us to be deep-spirited friends. And there's a big difference. I mean, I can be friendly to the cashier at Drug Mart, but we're not deep-spirited friends, right? Uh, Friendship takes effort. It means spending time together. It means being truly interested in each other's welfare, listening, laughing, crying, being accountable, walking through life together. We need each other in order to be all that God calls us to be. Most of you, uh, probably all of you, do a great job of this. As we come, and I witness it week in and week out. And you come in before church, uh, and and, uh, and 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 you're talking again after. I mean, I had to, I had to kind of, you know, whistle and snap a little bit. Well, I didn't do that, but I felt like this morning when you're, you know, you're talking, we're trying to get started. All right, come on, we're here to do this. Come on, because you're talking and you're engaging and you're you're connecting with each other, and and that's great. And and, and then then after church, I mean, it's twelve thirty, and I'm turning the lights off. But go. Home home people go home okay just kidding no this is this is uh this is the the sign of a healthy church to be deep spirited for and, and it's not just about talking to people uh before and after church but uh, and, and here's a here's the thing maybe you're used to talking to some of the same people uh, uh here's here's a challenge for you maybe spend the first five minutes after after the uh the benediction after the final prayer to uh, uh to go spend two or three five minutes talking to somebody maybe you don't usually talk to and and we're continuing to connect and and part of that connection happens when we all sign on on the church directory and there will be people out in the foyer to help you get onto the church so you see it all goes yeah but in investing in relationships is more than just chatting before and after church that's that's part of it but but uh, since this is one of our core values we 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 don't want to just gather in rows facing front all the time right uh, we we want to uh, uh, we we want to encourage gathering together, maybe in smaller groups and facing each other and and studying together and and praying together and and, and learning together and, and walking through life together. During COVID, we got away from a lot of that and and we got out of the habit and we've had a few uh, uh, groups and classes and different things at different times and and uh, we're we're making a concerted effort and you're going to be hearing all about uh, in the in the next uh, maybe this week or the coming weeks about. Some groups that are getting going in the uh, toward the end of winter beginning of spring and and you're going to get an invitation to be part of that and I hope that you'll you'll join in on that we want to be deep-spirited friends it's at the core of who we are I heard about a, a Sunday school teacher who was teaching her class the 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 well they were talking about the church and different things and and she thought it'd be fun to teach them the little thing with with uh, here's the church and here's the steeple and open the doors and see all the people right and so she she uh, uh, showed them that and then told them to uh, maybe to try it on their own and, and and do that and just as that was out of her mouth she realized oh. And she knew that she had this uh, uh, this little boy in her class that that had a deformed hand, and and he wouldn't be able to to do that. And so she was trying to figure, well, what do I? How do I cover for that? I shouldn't have. And and as she was uh, trying to figure out what to do before she could do anything, the boy next to this boy 
reached over his left hand with the boy's right hand and he said, let's do it together. And maybe we shouldn't do that little church and steeple thing on our own ever again. Because we are a body and we need each other and we encourage each other and we support each other and and we pray for each other and we provide for each other's needs. We're accountable to each other. We we learn from each other. Together we we grow in our relationship with God. So if you if you miss the gathering, then uh, then you miss all that. But it's not just me laying a guilt trip on you. You got to be in church. It's it's not just about what you miss. Can can I say when when you're not here, we miss you. We, we miss your input. We miss your investment in our lives. We're better together. And when other things take precedence in your life over being with the body of Christ, it, we all suffer for it. We need each other and we value invest, investing in relationships. Last week, we talked a lot about investing in relationships with people who are far from God. And that's part of this, this core value, too. Uh, we, uh, we talked about that a lot last week. So, so uh, uh, my emphasis today is more on this, this community that, uh, that we, we must be developing and nurturing our relationships with each other so that we can help each other know God better. We value an intimate life with God. We value investing in relationships. And we also value involvement in ministry. In a church that I attended years ago, uh, there, was a, there was a couple who started coming on Sundays, but they expressed uh, early on that we probably should not look for them to get very involved in, in, in any other ministries. In fact, the man told me specifically that he felt that he had the spiritual gift of church attendance. And I hadn't seen that one in the Bible before. And to be honest, he wasn't all that good at living out his gift. Uh, There was more than once that summer after they started coming when he would pull up early and we were at the church early. I was on staff there and, and, uh, uh, and he'd come in, he'd be, he'd come up in his big truck pulling his boat and he'd pull up in the little thing and he'd run in and, 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 Drop off his tithe check, but then he had to get to the lake because it was, you know, it was time to uh, to go in because it was a sunny day, and and uh, he so of course we we uh, we've just seen core value number two. We need to be here, uh, being at church, being with God's people. It's important, uh, but but God has also created you not just to show up, the gift of church attendance, but He's created us to serve, right? To serve in ministry, specifically Ephesians two ten, I think just uh, just hits the nail on the head. He sa- it says we are God's handiwork, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You were created by God on purpose. You weren't just an afterthought. You are the result of God's creative skill and effort. And this says that you've been created so that you can do things that God has planned for you to do. Not so long ago, uh, a pastor friend of mine uh, told me that, that each morning before he gets out of bed, before his feet hit the floor, he turns this verse, Ephesians 2.10, into a prayer. And so as he faces the day, still laying in bed, he, he prays something to the effect of, Lord, I know that you've made me and you've made this day. And I'm ready and willing to do the things today that you have prepared in advance for me to do. That's different than getting up and slogging to the bathroom and looking in the mirror. It changes the whole perspective on, on life, right? 
We talk, again, we talked some about this last week, about serving others and who have I served today. Involvement in ministry will, will probably mean serving in some capacity in the church, right? And, and many of you do that, or, or maybe in a ministry in the, in the community, or, or maybe both. It, it may also mean less formal service, that, that uh, meeting needs when we, when we need to meet them, um, to help discern where you should serve. Uh, I've always liked, and we don't have time to go into it other than for me to mention it, but uh, Pastor Rick Warren has an acrostic talking about uh, how we're shaped for ministry. And, and the letters of that word shape uh, stand for spiritual gifts. So what are your spiritual gifts? What has God uh, uh, gifted you uh, to do? What is your heart? What are your passions? What, uh, what, what, uh, uh, what, what is on your heart? What, what makes your heart break? Uh, your abilities, what are you good at? Uh, your personality, how has God made you? Not everybody's going to be up on the stage doing something. Uh, some folks are, are behind the scenes. What's your personality draw you toward? And then your experiences. Where has God brought you? What has he brought you through that now you could help others uh, walk through some of those same things? Your, your spiritual shape. God has shaped you just the way you are in order to do the good works that he has prepared in advance for you to do. If you're not quite sure where God wants you to serve, then I would love to, to, to meet with you and we could talk more about it and, and, and figure something out or just sign up for something and see if that's uh, something that you gravitate to. I mean, at, at our church, we, we believe that being involved in ministry is an important part of living life following Jesus. It's at the core. It's, it's who we are. What we do uh, in, in the church, living out, we live to love people, most of what we do would not happen without all of us together serving in ministry in the various ways that God has put us together. So much, so much there, but uh, those are the first three, uh, first three core values that, uh, that, that we have as a church. Intimate life with God, investment in relationships, involvement in ministry. And then there's the last one, indulging in laughter, which doesn't seem all that spiritual, I don't think. I don't know. Are we allowed to to laugh in church? Are we allowed to, uh, uh, I mean, let me just, I'll just help you out. Laughing is actually in the Bible, and it's okay to have fun at church. Uh, Key verse is Proverbs 17, 22. A cheerful heart is good medicine but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Or in the message, a cheerful disposition is good for your health. Gloom and doom leave you bone tired. In other words, laughter is not just okay, but it's an essential part of the prescription for an abundant life with Jesus. And so we want an atmosphere of fun to permeate our lives together. Now, a couple of caveats. Of course, not all laughter is holy. The Bible warns us about humor that is, that is harmful, that we need to avoid. Ephesians 5, 4 says, obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place. We need to avoid those things. There are some things that we shouldn't laugh at, okay? And, and, and I get that. So there's caveat number one. And, and, and then I also know that there are situations that, that, that don't call for laughter, right? I, I'm not making light of painful circumstances or, or deeply spiritual times or, or sacred, holy, somber moments. But I think a lot of people might have the notion that followers of Jesus shouldn't have any fun. I heard the story a while back about a little girl who went to visit her grandma out in the country for the weekend, and her grandma went to an old-fashioned country church that was characterized by strict rules and stern people. 
And that little girl uh, woke up on Sunday and she started right off playing and laughing and running around like little girls do. And her grandmother said she was going to have none of that because this was Sunday. And this was not a day for fun. It was a day for reflection and for church and for long sermons and for hard pews. And that girl quieted down and she went to church and she experienced all those things and more. And later she went for a walk out by her grandma's barn and she went over to the old droopy-eyed, sad-faced, long-eared mule. She looked at him for a minute and said, Mr. Mule, you look like you go to my grandma's church. <laughs> Have you ever met any mules in churches where you've been? Don't answer that. You don't, we're not going to. And again, don't hear me wrong. I know that we need to take God seriously and we need to, to be reverent. But, but over and over again, life with God is described in Scripture as a life of joy and blessing, not a sour negative existence that has sucked all the laughter and joy out of life. Nehemiah told the Israelites that that the joy of the Lord was their strength. Abraham and Sarah saw the the humor in having a baby at age 190, not 190, but one was 100 and one was... uh, Anyway, they named their son Isaac, which means laughter. Uh, in, In Job, despite all of his problems, Job was encouraged by the words of a friend telling him that God would indeed fill his mouth with laughter and his lips with shouts of joy. Psalm 126 is a song of of joy and praise for God, bringing his people back from captivity. And it says in part, our mouths were filled with laughter. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. The woman of noble character in Proverbs 31, quote, laughs at the days to come. Proverbs 15, 15 says that the cheerful heart has a continual feast. In Romans 12, 8, we're encouraged to show mercy cheerfully. 2 Corinthians 9 tells us to give to others with a cheerful, or that word can be paraphrased, hilarious heart. Uh, Joy is mentioned and encouraged over 200 times throughout the Bible cover to cover. Joy and laughter are not trivial or unholy things. I think that a lot of Christ followers have forgotten that what we carry in our lives, what's spelled out in the pages of Scripture, is good news of great joy for all people. It's the best news in all the world. How can the church gather together uh, uh, all the time every week and celebrate God's love and grace and goodness and his work in the world and not have a good time doing it, right? Uh, It's the best thing in all the world. God loves you. You can have a relationship with him. You You can go to heaven and we can look forward to that. You can be pure and holy and sanctified. You can accomplish amazing things for God in this world over and over and over again. It's it's good news of great joy and it's for everyone and we should have joy because of that. I I guess I think of it in terms of these, these core values. At the core, we value an intimate relationship with God and investment, uh, intimate life with God and investment in relationships and, and involvement in ministry. And in a very real way, those three result in being able to indulge in laughter, to live lives of joy and gladness. If we're living out of that core, it is an abundant life. Father God, we thank you so much for the intimate life that we can have with you, that you're not just someone to be studied, but you're someone to be known. So Lord, I pray that you'll help us to do all that we can to to know you more. 
Lord, we thank you for the people that are, that are around us or, or logging in online, the people that call Medina Naz home, uh, their home church. Lord, I, I, I thank you for each one and the investments that they've made in me to help me grow closer to you and the investments that we make in each other. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us to value those relationships. I thank you for the ways that you're leading us to relationships uh, away from this place where we can take you into the world where we live and we pray that you'll help us to to live out those uh, relationships faithfully so that others can be drawn to you as well. Lord, I thank you for for the, uh, the countless hours that are given week in and week out in ministry, serving, doing the good works that you have prepared for us to do. Lord, we know that life isn't just about us, but it's about serving you. And so we pray that you would guide us to, uh, to, to serve in the places where, where you are calling us to serve. And Lord, I pray, I pray that you'll help us to have a heart of joy through it all, that we can uh, truly know and celebrate every moment of every day that you are, you are God who has provided uh, abundantly above and beyond whatever we could ask or imagine or even think about. You have provided for us and we can live life Uh, in in abundance with joy and gladness with you. Lord, you are God and we worship you today and we thank you for the joy that is ours as we serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. 